empowering you with strategies to succeed. This is Jen Tringale, and you're listening to the Jen Tringale Podcast. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Jen Trangale. Hey, wherever you are listening from today, I'm so glad that you have decided to be a part of the podcast. What an honor. And I remember when we started this so long ago that what was in my heart is that it would somehow, someway, always be a right on time word of encouragement, inspiration, and insight that our listeners would need just at that moment. And also that it would be something that would work like a tool to open up new ideas and new possibilities of what not only God is doing, but what he could even do through you. And I know that today's podcast is absolutely going to hit that mark. Before I introduce my guest today, I want to share with you just a short story of why this is such a big deal to me and what we're about to talk about. Some of you that follow me on social media know that just a couple of years ago, in December of 2018, I was flying out of my home airport here in Nashville, and there was an event going on in the airport, and when I walked downstairs to my gate to get on my flight, the terminal had come to a complete standstill. And this is pretty shocking. You know, those of you that have traveled, you know airports are busy places, and the Nashville airport is just packed. So this airport's at a standstill. My first thought was it was a medical emergency, but I realized that people were singing, and they were singing the national anthem. And so I looked. People were stopping. They had their hands over their hearts. I mean, businessmen and women, families. And so I looked at the person near me, and I said, what is going on? And they said, well, you see all those kids lined up there at that gate. Those are children of gold star families, Hmm. meaning that they lost a parent or guardian that served in the United States military. And so American Airlines was partnering with the Gary Sinise Foundation, and they were sending 1,500 children from gold star families to Disney World for the week. And so before they boarded to honor them and to honor the sacrifice of their parents, they had begun singing the national anthem. And here, all of these total strangers, just in walking by and realizing what was going on, unprompted, they themselves were stopping and just honoring them and singing our nation's anthem. And so I remember being so moved. Tears were just pouring down my face and I grabbed my cell phone because I come from a very patriotic family and I thought my family is going to love this. And so I just recorded just the last portion of it. Well, I had to run to catch my flight. So I got on the plane and I knew when I landed, I was going right into a meeting. It was going to be busy. And so I thought, well, rather than text this to my family, I'll just post it to my Facebook page. And then that way they'll all see it. So I posted the video and I just quickly described the scene that I had walked upon and what I saw and how much it touched me. I posted the video, the plane takes off. I land in Orlando, Florida and went into just two days of a very busy schedule. And so that Sunday night, I got back to my hotel room. And so for the first time, I opened up Facebook and lo and behold, that video had gone viral. It had over a million views at the time, and within the next 24 hours, we had emails and phone calls from every major news outlet in the country asking me to come on and talk about what I had witnessed. And I remember going through, it was really almost two days of just a lot of media, and I remember the whole time just being acutely aware of this one thing. This whole deal has nothing to do with me. It is about the fact that as crazy as maybe we could say our culture has gotten and and is maybe off base of some things maybe have gotten in our nation, there is still something that runs so intrinsically deep in the citizens of the United States of America for our military and for our armed services and the sacrifice that those families make. And it is important and it is a big deal. And in a time where not much is honored anymore, that is still honorable. And so really from that point on, we wound up doing a little bit of work with the Gary Sinise Foundation, but 
it just brought it back home to me the necessity that exists and the need that exists to make sure that we are aware of our armed forces, we are aware of these people and families that are paying such a price, and we need to be available to them. This sets up just so well, I hope, the introduction to my special guests that are on the podcast today. I have had the honor of knowing both of them for a very long time. They are incredible ministers, but God has birthed something and really set something in their lap so unique and powerful and really just stepping into a new phase of that. I'm so excited to have them on today. I want to welcome my guests, Duke and Shannon Krieger. Guys, thanks for being on the podcast. So glad Thank to be you. Here. It's so amazing that this has worked out. When we get into a little bit of all that is going on in your world and oh what's about to go on, yeah. people are going to understand. <laughs> I want to start out just by saying like, Duke, I've known you for a really long time. Do we say you know, we don't say how okay. long so that people still think we're all in our 20s. You know? but, <laughs> but needless to say, you and I went to Bible school together and kind of came up through the ranks in the same group of friends yeah. and just kind of got to watch each other just navigate yeah. life. And I still remember you calling me when you met Shannon. Oh, my goodness. And it was like, hey, what's new with you? I'm like, oh, you know, not much. I'm thinking about maybe going, you know, on vacation. What's new with you? And you were like, I met this woman. She's amazing. And I'm marrying her tomorrow. And I was like, you're what? (laughs) Which isn't too terribly far from, I mean, just give me a quick snapshot. What was the time frame between meeting and I do? Do we caveat this if we don't recommend you try this at home? Probably good. (laughs) Yes, we don't recommend you try this at home. We were older. Let this be attempted only by professionals only. But uh, we'd met on a Saturday night. She had come back from the mission field, and one of her friends was trying to set us up. And uh, they were like, keep an eye on this friend. She just got back from the mission field. Her name is Shannon. Yeah. I was just like, whatever. I wasn't in in a place where... I wanted to meet anybody. Right. I was really enjoying living like a monk. It's like, whatever. I didn't even try very hard. Like, I should have gotten a haircut. Like, I was not my most put together <laughs> self. Like, Shannon shaking her head. So she that. saw, she met me at kind of like, oh, not your spiffiest. Not my spiffiest at all. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty unpolished at the time, but you know, I just was, I don't care. Right. And so uh, we met on a Saturday night and we ended up talking to like seven in the morning. I had to be at church at 10. So I got up at like eight and showered and drove an hour to church. But that morning I said, here's what we're going to do. I'm your boyfriend. You're my girlfriend. We're exclusive. We are dating and I'll call you tomorrow. Because I just wanted to get it out of the way. Yeah. Little did I know she was like, oh, whatever. (laughs) Maybe I do have a game face a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. She really played it well. She's like, okay. But we got married like three weeks later. Three weeks later. Two and a half weeks later. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Okay, so how many years have y'all been married now? It'll be 17 in June. Come on. Yeah, 17. 17 and almost four kids. And almost four kids. Okay, so tell us about these little ones of yours that I'm a little bit obsessed with and the the newest (laughs) Miss Jen is legendary among our children. Well, I work work at it. Oh, no, you don't have to work at it. Yeah, they're so awesome. (laughs) You're amazing. Okay, so give us the roll call. Of the tribe. Elias is 14, Nikki yeah. is 12, Nicholas is 12, and then Olivia, who we call Little Mother, uh-huh. is nine. Is nine. She kind of runs the other two. Yeah. <laughs> so your oldest is 14. Yeah. And as we sit here today, Shannon. A couple weeks from giving birth to... Number four. Number four. Number four. And it wasn't an accident for those of you listening at home. Right. Uh, this was a... It was a miracle, but it wasn't it was, an accident. It was a miracle, but not an We believe God, and we wanted to give, you know... Have number four. Have one more touchdown. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's the so numbers exciting. were stacked against us from the world's perspective. Yeah. But, but here you are. She's had a perfect Two pregnancy, weeks. and other than some, you know, normal pregnancy discomfort, and yeah, she's been amazing. That's awesome. I mean, what a testimony in and of itself. And she actually I, said she's felt better on this pregnancy than she has on any of the last three. So yeah, that's definitely a miracle. And a it, it's testimony. absolutely a miracle. And how encouraging 
So two weeks away, number four will be here. How exciting. It's wild because, especially as we kind of jump into this, and people are going to hear this, a lot of new beginnings for you all right now. Mm -hmm. And isn't it interesting? Have you all noticed this, how so many times... What's going on in the natural mm-hmm. starts mirroring even what's going on spiritually. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. You know, I mean, not to over-spiritualize everything, but there's things like, for instance, what you all are walking, and you cannot not recognize no. the similarities in That's God so going, hey, it's in your heart to have that fourth child for a reason. Believe yeah. me, I don't care what they say. Yeah. We decided to name him Zachary, and Zachary means God is remembered. Wow. And, you know, God remembered all the times I said I didn't want to stay at three. Yeah. I was the youngest of three, and I just never wanted to stay oh. at three. It was something I'd said since we met. I never, wow. I wanted four, two or four, but three, I don't know. He didn't forget her dream. He and he never forget. forgot. And Isn't that precious, He doesn't Shannon? forget. He doesn't forget our dreams, our hopes, no. our desires, not even the tiniest ones. I and mean, this one was a pretty big one, obviously. Yeah. No matter how big or how small, he never forgets. And it came to pass. Mm-hmm. That's powerful right there. She said she had a list of things before she came off the mission field and before we met, things that she's like, God, I have all this in my heart, and I don't know how you're going to put Still all this on a together. beach in Thailand with my journal in front of me with this list I had doodled out of all my favorite things or anything I felt led to do or possibly in the future called to do. Things I was passionate about, things I enjoyed and knew that I was good at and everything. And they were as far as East is from the West. Yeah. I mean, they they didn't have anything in common in my eye. Yeah. And I stood there in this, you know, on this beach staring off into space, knowing I was going home soon, going, God, I have no clue how you're going to take this list. Mm-hmm. And put them all in one life. Yeah. But it's yours. Here's your list. Wow. Here's what I love to do. I guess I'm just going to have to wait and see. I'd have to go back and find the journal, but I don't know of a single one that hasn't been in my life. Wow. The thing that really stuck with me was just she said that if I had tried to make it come to pass, no, I, would have, I couldn't have done it. But yeah. letting them be brought to pass yeah. and trusting that he wouldn't forget. Yeah. And you know, really so made good. a mark. I love how you said that, Shannon. God, how is all of this that's in my heart going to fit into one life? Mm-hmm. But when you let his timetable play exactly. out, yeah, yeah, there it all is. And though the Lord loves, like you said, Duke, he takes more joy in doing it for you than even the joy you get out of it. But the result is you become a poster yeah. for the goodness of God, which is what is supposed to draw the world Absolutely. to the exactly. Lord. Exactly. How do you have it that good? Well, God did it. God. Yeah. I got a and good friend, and he's still taking applications. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's still taking applications. There's more seats at the table. necessarily seem like it flows into what we're going to talk about, but oh, it does. Yeah. Last night, yeah. we were sitting down talking about your gifts and callings and what you do and what you travel and teach and try to ignite yeah. in people's hearts. And, you know, we were talking about how we, like that list, it doesn't seem to fit anywhere. Yeah. Right. Like I couldn't fit a specific career or a specific path yeah. from that list. Wow. You're wow. supposed to be sent by him trying to fit in on your own is yeah. just a recipe for misery and frustration, you know, trying right. to find a group you fit in with. You can't find it on your own. Yeah. Which is why people are so unhappy and miserable, even in the church, so unhappy and miserable is it's that they're true. trying to fit in with a group that they don't fit in with. Right. And it doesn't mean that the group is wrong or that they're wrong. They're just in the wrong place. Or into right. some mold that they've created in their oh, mind. Oh, yeah, the mental that's mold. It. That's yeah. not you know, the mental they've, mold. They've yeah. created this picture of how they're supposed to look this as a This is what ministry is supposed to uh-huh. look like. and. Or like you said, I'm going to fit into a path where I think all this could happen. Exactly. And then when you try and you and craft your own way to fit, you cut off. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You cut off what God wanted to do. Steps being ordered by the Lord is is a nice psalm, but it really is a fundamental life truth that mm-hmm. he has to show you what steps to take and you're never going to see the whole point you may not even see the next step but you're going to enjoy every step if you know that as long as he's got it mm-hmm. one of our friends that we've been able to lead to the lord and it took me a long time to really catch on to casting all my cares anxiety just 
seem like part of the four basic food groups in my life, you know, even from a kid, the way my family was. I'm sure no one listening no can, one relate. can relate. No one can relate to that at all. No. I was the only one. No one deals so with So the anxiety. day after he got born again, he was in South Texas, right around the border, and there was a freeze. There was an ice storm, which he drove through like an 18-car pileup. That he said he was watching it like it was slow motion. It was happening around him and over him, and he just drives right through. And we started talking about casting all your care over on the Lord. And he caught it instantly. And he said, you mean like don't touch the wheel? So quickly we, we changed seats, so to speak. Like I'm like, okay, tell me what you're seeing. And he said, so if I'm driving in a car, I let Jesus drive, and I don't get a better idea and reach over and yank on the wheel. Mm. I just let him drive. He said, I even let him pick the radio station because it's probably going to be my favorite. And oh, I'm going to like whatever great. he picks. He's like, don't touch the wheel. And I said, that's not fair. You got it that quick. Right. Like, but he did. So it was great. But he said, don't touch the wheel. So there really is a let him drive and don't touch the wheel. That's so good. And and know that he's going to get you where he wants you to go. Just yeah. enjoy the ride. Just enjoy the ride. Enjoy every day. Yeah. Life is good. I'm in a car with Jesus. I'm with my best friend. Well, and I think people are listening and going like, man, I love the fresh take that these two have on God and the reality of him mm-hmm. and how good he is, which is really what makes you perfect for this incredible. I'm <laughs> so excited about this. I still feel like, man, if I didn't have a job, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to help you guys. I'm just, I got to help do this because it's so cool. You're helping more than you know. So I'm going to try and in just a short Sure. little snapshot, paint the picture of what you're doing. If I get it wrong, you can oh, fix yeah. that. But because I want to set it up so that you can talk about oh, sure. where this is going. Yeah, so yeah. Duke, you are an artist by trade. Yeah, I'm a graphic designer. As long as I've known you, yeah, you mean, have yeah. been in that. Done some incredible work for this ministry, for me. And this sort of continuous door has been open for many years, Avenue Open, where you were designing, mm-hmm. and you might have to help me here. I did everything from, you know, wearable, like T-shirts, logos, patches, what we call swag, all the way up to concept art, weapons components. There's three different lines of gear. There's a first, second, and third line of gear, which I had to learn along the way. So this is for military. Military, law enforcement, contracting, government. And I didn't know this until you explained it to me. So like, okay, obviously we, most of us know the United States military, the arms of our military Mm -hmm. branches, but like inside the army, inside the Marines, inside the Navy, they have their own groups. They have their own groups. And they really form their own identity and it's yeah. a big deal. It's everything. Yeah. Not just who I'm a part of, but who I'm with. My brethren, the ones I have learned through duress and, and hardship that I can rely on. Right. You've and been in becomes, a foxhole with Right, right. You've yeah. been training with them, you've bled with them, you know their children, you know that in the middle of the night at with you know, three degrees outside, they'll come help you out. Right. On a phone call. Right. You know, that's really where their identity comes from. So these military units, they give them their own names. They get their own names. They and get. That's yeah. where they would come to you and be like, okay, we want you to design like our. We want to do a new coin. We want to do a new shirt. We're about to go on deployment. We want to have some team swag because it gets torn up or, right. you know, Navy SEALs steal it out of their lockers. That's, right. That actually has happened. Like, <laughs> our team shirts got stolen out of the laundry by some SEALs, ma'am. Can you make us some new stuff? Like, Wow. Sure, we'll have it to you in two weeks, you know. And So you have like this direct line to oh, yeah. all of these military servicemen and women, mm-hmm. and it's mainly through this artistic door of can you design the stuff for us? But of course, you being you, because you're very personable, you're a communicator, relationship starts developing. Yeah. So I can remember like coming in and we would all get together to have dinner, and you're telling me stories of like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm a little bit sleepy. I was up through the night because I've got guys that are deployed. Yeah. And they can't even say, I don't even know if I can say this without crying. They can't even tell me where they are, what they're yeah. doing. And they're going through it. Mm-hmm. And so they might only get to call on a satellite phone at 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And i got to be up mm-hmm. to talk them off a ledge or talk them. You're getting our servicemen and women delivered, set free, saved, filled with the Spirit, introducing them to a blood covenant with God that they never knew existed. How long have you been doing this? We started off as clients with most of them, and just because 
God gave me an open door. Now this is where I have to keep a lid on it or else I'll start Yeah, crying. I don't think I'm going to hold anyway. But, uh, so. <laughs> one of my dearest friends, he introduced me to most of them. And he was a old warrant officer of Marines and a New York cop for 20 years. Wow, and, uh, what a guy. He took me under his wing because I said, uh, Pat, there's one thing I don't understand when you talk to me. He's like, he's like, Brother Duke, what's that? And I said, uh, I don't understand a word you're telling me. <laughs> And I, I, I'm just an artist who, like, can, you know, barely be safe with a gun. Like, this is so, it's like 2000 and, 2006, 2007. Yeah. And he's like, brother, that's no problem. We'll get you cool. We'll get you cool. We'll get you cool. <laughs> and, that's uh, so cool. That's so he so took great. me under his wing, and he introduced me to a lot of people. It was very much like, you know, a family Right. Going, this is a friend of ours. Right. And he was like, this is a friend yeah. of mine. Right. So and so like, oh, you're a friend of his, you know, and then that opened doors. And then I said, I don't understand a word you're telling me. He said, oh, that's no problem, brother. We just need to get you trained up. So he would have me come to his classes, send me to other instructors, you know, combatives, firearms training, things like that. Wow. So I would go hang out with them. Which is like every guy's dream, by Not the way. Not every guy's dream. But, yeah. you know, it was still like when they're standing over to your ear and you're about ready to do a drill. And you're just glad that you haven't hurt somebody yet. And he's like, Duke, don't suck. <laughs> and you're like, thanks for the support, thanks, yeah. you know. And, and so it was those relationships, like clients became friends, friends became family, yeah. you know, just spread. Like some of the best art I ever did, I can't show it because it's for units that don't have publicity and don't, and shun it. Because they're so covert. Right. Nowadays, there's so much pressure to be noticed in social media and things yeah. that a lot of discretion has been abandoned. Oh, and so true. I still try to maintain a sense of discretion and integrity is better than yeah. all the likes you could have on social media. Yeah. So if they call up and quote unquote other government agency would call and say, hey, we want a this or that, I don't put it on the internet. You know, I right. just do it for them. And there's a phrase that they taught me that a nod from one's peers is better than all the attention and praise of the public, you know. Wow. So when they go, brother, thank you. And then invariably, I kind of just stayed a friend and would offer some half decent advice. But it was only until 2012 when I decided you know, to make the commitment to live by faith mm -hmm. and to really walk this way of life, that it was then that I actually had something that I was living on yeah. that was more attractive. Now, not only does he, he, it's one thing to know about God and you have the right answer right? because, you know, you learn it from a book or whatever, but when you know the right answer, because he's given it to you personally right? and you're on a, a daily best friendship with him. Yeah. Well, that was then that I began. So this is like 2012 and on into 2013 that the Lord gave me opportunities to really actually finally pray with people. Wow. And, and these are guys that are calling. Men and women. Guys who are calling. Guys' and wives who are calling. And, okay. we, and to let me qualify, guys' wives who are calling just so no one questions it. Right. Guys who are deployed who come back and have trouble. Right. And so we're talking about PTSD issues. PTS, relationship issues, come back. I don't want to do this anymore. And she's got three kids at home or two kids or whatever it may be. And, you know, what do I do? Right. And we've had, you know, law enforcement, um, government. Like you in, said, in agencies quotes. that don't have names. <laughs> right. right. It was a very broad spectrum of people, but broad spectrum of employment. Right. But very similar spectrum as far as passions. Yeah. So it was really since 2012 and 13. And then one by one, like I've watched so many former clients who became friends who then now are became believers. Wow. And one particular one, I think he's kind of like my, he's like my Abraham. He's like my prototype. And the Lord told me when he got born again, he said, he's not the only one. He's just mm. the first one. What did he do? He was in a specially selected unit within the army. Wow. He was in a hostage rescue unit wow. uh, for many years, and they still don't publicly acknowledge the name, even though the news does. But wow. he became a, a believer. But you know, he his testimony was that he had a his basically his whole his whole life fell apart in one day. His business, his friendships, everything just imploded in one day. And he said he was out of town. He wasn't even able to be in his own house. He was in a garage, and he said he fell to his knees. And he just said, oh, God, what do I do? And because, you know, he'd been deployed and had 
really abnormal supernatural thing. Like he, he's the only one in the house, but yet here's doors slam. And he was a good enough Catholic that he knew to say in the name of Jesus, get out of my house. And when he did, he heard doors slam, you know, things like that, you know, so he's been over and seen some odd Mm -hmm. things. And so he had a respect for God, but he never, you know, had taken the oath as it were. And so he said, well, God, what do I do? And he said, he heard a voice tell him to call Duke. And that to this day is one of my most favorite memories of helping. Yeah. So he called me and I was like, oh yeah, this is no problem. Mm -hmm. And I began to tell him how God took me down a path of learning the blood covenant. That was the missing link in living by faith for me was to know that I had a blood sworn friendship with a being that I didn't have to earn anything from. Mm. And he'd already promised it and that his promise showed his willingness to do it the blood covenant showed how much he wants to do it. Wow. And then to know that he wanted to be a friend with me. Yeah. Was everything I was looking for all my life. It yeah. made me so frustrated and, and empty, even as a believer. Yeah. And so he able to share that with him. He's like, the blood covenant? And he's listening to it, listens to it. He goes, wait a minute. You mean that God just wants to be my boss, my team leader, and my best friend all rolled into one? And I just scrapped all my, you know, all your, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. And, and it was, but this is the kind of individual I'm dealing with. Yeah. They grasp enormous concepts so quick and simply mm-hmm. that it's, it's actually pretty easy to talk to them because yeah. they get it. So, you know, they only right. have to catch it. Right. He said, all right, sign me in, sign me up. He was now more ready than I was ready. You know, I thought we had to talk more. I said, do you want to pray? He says, why do you think I called you? I said, okay, let's pray because let's do it. And so he said, uh, I'm all in. And I caught that from him that this life with God works at its best when we're all in all the time. Oh, that's so good. And that all in commitment to him wasn't a stranger, which takes you back to Abraham. The reason God cut a covenant with him is that he knew he could trust him because he'd already seen how he was in a covenant relationship with his three friends And so when God comes to interact with him and set up this whole divine plan, it was based on blood covenant friendship. God didn't make something new. He used something that Abraham was already good at. And so when this friend of mine knew about, when he heard blood covenant, it wasn't foreign to him. This is the basis of every successful unit in the military is, you know, my life for you, your life for mine. Right. All in. All in all the time. Yeah. And they fire guys who aren't all in. Like right. he told me about a sergeant major who took over, you know, a troop of a unit. And he said he walked in on Monday and fired nine out of 14 guys. Wow. They're already under strength. Yeah. But they'd rather have those nine guys gone. Yeah. Than have them there and make the unit weaker. So these are our military servicemen and women who are living this reality every day because all in or not yeah. will cost lives. And so nobody thinks that like it's only these super secret tip of the spear. You know, we've had the opportunity to lead people who are mechanics, mm-hmm. you know, infantrymen, communications, you know, who wouldn't necessarily have quote unquote a special job, yeah. but they're still devoted their life to service yeah. and to being a part of this. Shannon, give us some stats while we're talking about this, just so we can try and wrap our head around the size of this. In 2019, there were more than 2.7 million active duty United States military reserve and civilian contractors. And then like Duke said in 2018, 700,000 full-time law enforcement. 2019, so if you put all the numbers together from last year's stats, there's 17.9 million United States veterans and law enforcement which that is equal to more than 177 countries in the world. That group of people, that population of this... 17 point, how many? 17.9 million. 17.9 million. Mm -hmm. That is amazing. Yeah, a larger number than 177 countries. And these are people, these are not civilians. These are people that are dealing with issues that the common man or woman on the street doesn't know anything about, more than likely never faced. And so they need ministry to them, support to them. 
that understands the very unique path that they've walked. And I think it's worth pointing out, it's a path that they chose to walk. Yeah, they chose to walk. It was a path of service. Something compelled them, you know, whether it was a a legacy thing, you know, in their family. My family lives in New York, and I know my brothers are friends with New York City cops. They're like third in their generation. And that's very common, especially in that region of the United States. Yeah, that's a big deal. They have a culture that's all their own, and it's very insulated. Outsiders, you know, quote-unquote civilians, they pretty much know that they're just not going to get it. Yeah. So there's a lot of good charities, you know, 501c3s that, you know, deal with the natural side of things, you know, deal with the Gold Star families, deal with Mm -hmm. PTS, traumatic brain injury, deal with brain treatment. One particular one is the Brain Treatment Foundation, Southern California. Mm -hmm. Wonderful helping people, Mm -hmm. you know, get their actual physical brains treated and given therapy to. But it's the underlying root that is very rarely dealt with as far as they still have a need in their life. One friend of mine texted me this week. He said, my relationship with God is my biggest weakness. Mm. I need help. And that's my life. That's what I'm here to do. So this is really wild how you have had to walk this out because at the same time this is happening, you're getting phone calls your number's getting out. Like, yeah. this is the guy. Because I asked you before we started, I said, okay, well, what do they call you? And they, you said, well, they started out just calling me Duke, but then eventually a lot of them wind up calling me Padre mm-hmm. because they recognize there's a line of authority here <laughs> and this guy knows. And it's funny, she'll tell you, they'll call and say, <laughs> just ask a question. Yeah. And she, bless her heart, she is the best teammate you know, co-captain that yeah. I could have because she'll know, she'll just smile and, and chuckle to herself and pause the show or whatever right. we're doing. and just Because you up. never know when these are probably oh, no. going to come. Oh, they have come at all hours of the day. And so... Because they're deployed all over the sure. world. And I, I joke, I pick on him and say that he is worse than a teenage girl. Right. Because he gets on the phone with these guys and you'll hear laughing and joking right. and then they, all of a sudden you hear seriousness and then he goes back to laughing and joking. Wow. And he'll be on hours yeah, he's not supposed to be a miserable experience. Hours you know? yeah. and hours on the phone, and so I, I pick on him, but it, right, it's, it's a commitment. Yeah. So is. what's wild is because this is really leading up to this whole thing that has dropped in your lap of ministering mm-hmm. to this massive, you know, group of people. You're really taking it to the next level because you have to because there's so yeah. much. But it has started. Meanwhile, while you're doing all this, you all planted a church. Mm-hmm. In Springfield Tennessee. Springfield, Tennessee. So you're pastoring this church mm-hmm. and you're going like, okay, God, we're pastoring this church and what do we do? What do we do? And God's like, yeah, 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 about the church. Here comes another guy That's I want exactly you to take care of. That's like, <laughs> exactly I keep, what it feels like. I have spent so many hours like, you know, because we've actually had church members be like, so what are we doing? I'm like, he hasn't said anything but this. Right. And if I try to do anything else... Yeah. There is such a massive yuck, no check from yeah. the Lord. Yeah. So we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. I got in a car with my one of my good buddies one day. We've known each other for years, and he's in special forces. And we were just hanging out. Like, I didn't have a word from God. I just asked him because he'd, he'd made some comments here and there over the years. I knew just to kind of, like, keep the topic away from this. So I said, hey, brother, what's your... What's your main hangout with religion? I wasn't asking in an investigative way. I was just like, I just wanted to know about my friend. And he told me, and I just said, do you know what God wants you to do with all that? And he said, what? Kind of like, here it comes. He wants you to chuck it. Just get rid of it all. You don't have to have any of that. He said, are you serious? This is like a 20-minute car ride yeah. from you know point A to wherever we were going. So when we pulled into the parking lot where we were you know, going to stop, I said, do you want to pray? And he just grabbed my hand and went, yup. And we got, he got born again right there in the front of his truck. Wow. And so when we went our separate ways, you know, at the end of hanging out that day, he pulled up at the stoplight next to me and he, I rolled my window down and he said, hey, brother. I said, yeah. He goes, I love you. Oh. And uh, wow. he said, I feel like 300 pounds rolled off my shoulders. Wow. And I just laughed as well. I said, I love you too. Wow. I said, that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. I was like, it's supposed to be like this and all well, the days of your life. And it's so precious because, I mean, this is Jesus disarming people that are trained to be so guarded. Yeah. And so 
Correct me if I'm wrong. This Gruff. is the same gentleman who got healed from Lyme disease. Oh, he got bit by a tick. Oh, wow. And it was him in a real bad way. He had to go to the ER. Like, it was touch and go. Yeah. And so then this is right around the same time this happened with him and he became a Christian. So then I had the opportunity to be in the car and he's like, hey, I got to call the doc and see what the test results are. And they're like, when we called, it was talk about divine connection. I got to be in the car when he heard there's nothing, no trace of anything in no his body. No more Lyme disease. Nothing. He's like, you're, you're, you have gone. a clean bill of health. And he looked at me, and I looked at him, and I just pointed like to the yeah. you know skyward. He was like, I know. Wow. And so he didn't like actively. I believe I received my healing. It just came along with accepting God as That's his right. best friend. My friend who got born again when he said, "What do I do? Call Duke." He's a hundred percent rated disabled by the VA, by the mm. Veterans Administration. He's had broken bones. He's been diagnosed with PTS, and he calls it this: Since I've been doing the Blood Covenant, I've never had a bad night of sleep. I've never had a flashback. I've never had a bad dream. I can't even remember the last time I was sick. Totally restored. Yeah, he's now he's mobile. He That's walks awesome. and everything, but he's uh. They, he said I've never had any more pain. I've never had a bad night's sleep. Wow. I don't have any aches and pains. All of this has led to, we talked about how you all have so many new beginnings happening in your life right now. You've got the baby on the <laughs> way. But this ministry has just grown and increased, and it's such a need. And so you have just recently launched what I believe you have titled this as the Misfit Toy Society. That's it. As a hub and a place. Yeah for people to either send people to or connect to, but you have reached this point because there's such a need. I'm sitting here thinking about, you know, all of the nonprofits, the churches, the conferences that I'm in. And we talked about this before the podcast, where these churches, local churches are doing such a tremendous work in their communities. But what we're talking about is very specialized ministry. Like we said, this is ministering to people that their issues, they are not normal citizens, have faced things and are facing things that the common man and woman on the street don't know. And so what I'm so thrilled about is that what God has so obviously graced and anointed and called you all to do in reaching these 17 million, you know, plus people, no pressure, but you've got your work cut out for you. But this launching of the Misfit Toys Society, which is this ministry, is a way for local churches to have a resource and a reference point because you cannot always house the specialized ministry that these people really need. But this is where the body of Christ can link arms and work together and say, if you've got these people, if you've got these situations, and inevitably every church and nonprofit across America does because there's so many, here's a place that gets it, that knows, and that is getting results. And like you said, thank God for the Gary Sinise Foundation and all of these you know, nonprofits that are maybe meeting very natural needs, even medical needs. That are still important. And it's so important and key. But if you don't address this spiritual issue, then there's still that cycle that prevails. No matter how much you treat them or help them or, you know, help, you know, untie the knot of addiction or, you know, deal with facing and admitting things about depression, there is still going to be what depression and addiction and the other issues feed off of which which is you're empty right there is no satisfaction you are not happy addiction and things like that you just want to break you know that's what it's called self-medicating for a reason right i get it yeah and i've been depressed and i've been addicted and i just wanted to break i wanted to be happy yeah and the more you try it, the worse it gets. So right. like, where do I go? Yeah. And so these things are important. You know, any place that is helping with addiction recovery and things, that's vital. They got to have the natural tools yeah. to kind of get their balance. Right. But there's still a, a, another fundamental area that needs to be addressed. Yeah. And just like my friend said, that is the area of we're disconnected from God. Yeah. And so we're not and making it hard. Answering. We're trying to make it actually as simple as we can make it that 
One friend of mine called me. Now, he was what you call regular Army, but he served alongside of Special Operations Forces. But he had lower body extremity injuries, and he's 100% rated disabled. And so when he called, I laughed. I was like, look, we can't control this person or this thing. We can control you. Yeah. He got born again on the phone. I was in my daughter's closet, you know, to not keep anybody up because it was 2 in the morning. Mm-hmm. But uh, when we prayed, the Lord told me to do this. I said, are you outside? He goes, yeah. I said, are you sitting down? He said, I'm sitting down by the tire of my truck. I said, all right, stand up and raise your right hand. We're going to swear you into the blood covenant. And he said, whoa. And it wasn't cheesy. It would sound cheesy to the outsider. But not to him. But to him making an oath or he's swearing an oath. Wow. I said, God's already sworn his oath to you. Yeah. This is you swearing your oath to him. That's so good. And he got that. It wasn't him going first. It was him reciprocating what God had already done first. That's so awesome. And so he said, bro, I feel this. Yeah. Like he was... It really was a holy moment. I love that. Okay, walk us through, and maybe, Shannon, you can speak to this, because I know you've been a huge part of going, okay, how do we put structure around this to make this accessible to people other than somehow, some way, I got Duke Krieger's phone number. (laughs) So tell us about the Misfit Toy Society and how people can connect. Well, I'll let him talk about the name. Because that's very personal to him. And there is a story behind the name. It's fitting. But when we sat down and had this big brainstorming moment, this aha moment from God, it really all came from these 15 years of phone call conversations. You know, you just sit back and look at it all these years as a big picture and go, what have been the key points? What have been the key issues? What have been the key repetitive need and you know we think about the ones who've called in our contemplating suicide there is a a need for an immediate right now I'm about to stick this gun in my mouth and that's harsh and that's yeah reality though and these guys these are phone calls that he has had to work through one of the things that we're going to focus on we call it SOS or immediate and remedial action it's this section of the ministry that's going to specifically deal with that emergency moment mm-hmm. and you know some of it is still being developed god is definitely still rolling out exactly what it's going to look like we know for certain there's going to be at least specific podcasts and broadcasts that are like 50 something short quick Good. to the point yeah t- you know 10 15 minute subject matter they may not subject be able to focus of, that long yeah mm-hmm. you know but they may only have like 10 or 15 minutes where they can Right. Ten minutes from now, they were going to stick the gun in their mouth. So you got right. ten minutes. There's something right you there. You have ten minutes to tell me and convince me not to do this. Yeah. So subject matter like depression, addiction, Good. suicide. So the website will be a resource center. Yes. That's exactly what it is. That yes. It can be accessible and also a place where if I'm in that SOS moment, click here, here's what you can do. Yeah. Yes. Okay, exactly. so that's awesome. And then it's also, I would bet, a resource place for like we talked about local churches or mm-hmm. pastors to go, mm-hmm. we don't house this ability. Right. How can we connect with you? Yeah. We've created a spot on the website called Support the Mission. Inside of it, it's going to it breaks down the different parts of the ministry that God's revealed to us at this point. What the purpose of that part of the ministry is, what Good. the goal is. And then at the end, there's another part that says, how can you become a part of it? That's so good. How could you help us help this people group? And, you know, we didn't talk about this before, but if there are local churches out there, like I, I, you guys used to live in Texas. I used to live in Texas. I actually lived quite close to one of the largest military bases. So, of course, tremendous amount of military. Like we said, every local church probably has veterans. Can a local church, if they want, reach out to you and say, could you come sure. and talk to our... Absolutely. Could you speak along these lines? And, yeah. you know, that's a, a huge piece, too, where mm-hmm. it's like, just come and download the heart yeah. for this here. I think that's going to be a huge component of being a resource for churches that's what it's and nonprofits. For. Um, this is not to undercut any local shepherd. Right. This is to, uh, if anything, to delegate and mm-hmm. let them do what they do best, which is the general management of their flock. Right. But if they have a need, you know, it's no different than bringing in a specialist on end times or prayer or anything right. else. This isn't even a step outside of the norm. 
this is an invisible community. Right. We're mostly as shepherds dealing with a visible community. That's really good. Um, but this is an invisible community, it's an invisible and, and it community. spans, yeah. and even in this country, it spans coast to coast. I mean, yeah, we, we yeah. just had a friend that we all knew right at New Year's mm. this past year. He ended his own life. Wow. But anyway, a friend of mine said, uh, you are the shepherd to the island of misfit toys. That's what you are. It wasn't said in a way that it was a put down. It was mm-hmm. like, we are the, the misfit toys. We don't fit in anywhere. So the mm. misfit toys society we were standing around the kitchen table and we saw this this culture that no one speaks their language. One of them even said to me recently, who I've been praying for for years, and he wrote me on Christmas night and said, I'm done being mad at God. I want to be a legit Christian. Wow. And I was like, "Wow!" I said, Shannon, this is the best Christmas present right. I could have been given. Because yeah. this was my prayer for him and several others for years. Get his attention by any means necessary. Right. There's an invisible culture and a community that needs something spoken in their own language. Mm-hmm. And so Misfit Toy Society is just a place where we're speaking in their dialect. Right. They should be able to grasp the fundamentals of walking with God and the blood covenant without it, you know, dressed in overly churchy terms. So I love the name. (laughs) I just love it. I mean, and what I love is that it really came out of this people group. They kind of named themselves. They did. We were standing at the kitchen counter and so she says, What about the church being named the Island of Misfit Toys? I said, That's beautiful. And right when she said that the Lord spoke in my heart and gave me the group name, which was the Misfit Toy Society. Yeah. We have tried to fit, right. and it's been a miss. Right. You're a misfit. It just doesn't fit. Wherever right. you tried to go, churches you've tried to be involved, it just doesn't fit. Yeah. And so that's where it became. I love it. Really and truly, I mean, you all are dear, dear friends of mine. But I have to say thank you for what you have been willing to not just do, but keep doing. And nobody knows you're doing it. I mean, we're not talking about this just happened over the last year. We're talking about over 12 years of right in the middle of family time or a conversation you really need to have or 3 o'clock in the morning for 12 years caring enough to minister to our men and women in armed forces, our first responders, with no fanfare, and and nobody knows about the wins. Nobody knows about the heartbreaking losses yeah. when you couldn't get to somebody quick enough. Bury uh, friends. Yeah, bury friends. I, I mean, the list goes on and on. So, as meager as it it can sound, I have to say thank you it's to the honor. both of you for it what you honor. have done and continue to do. And it's incredible to watch where God is taking it, and it's just. The beginning, the Misfit Toy Society is a ministry that is calling for people to rally around it. And maybe you're like me, those of you that are listening and you're going, I I wish I understood, but I don't understand. But I absolutely have got to be a part. I want to do what can I do to be a part of helping this ministry get to the people that need it. So I want you to give us the website. It's a brand new website. If you're leaders, pastors, listen. If you're businessmen or women, reach out to the website. Get in contact with Duke and Shannon. Pastors, if you want to have them come speak to your congregation, I would highly recommend it. I would highly recommend those of you that are listening, get involved. Partner with them. Partner financially. It takes money to be able to do what you have to do. And I know the vision that they have for where this can go. Look, this community of people, these 17 million people can be reached, but it's going to take resources to do it. So you can go online and be a part of it. And then those of you that are listening, that you are a part of this community. And you've been going, God, I need help. The VA can only do so much. That's true. Go visit the website. We're going to give you the web address. So where can people go? Shannon, why don't you just kind of walk us through where they can go? MisfitToySociety.com. MisfitToySociety.com. 
Mm-hmm. Duke and Shannon Krieger. The website is great. Duke, you designed it, <laughs> of course. It's easy when you don't have to hire an artist. And yes, it is. It, it has your signature all over it. And I know that's going to be a tremendous blessing. Man, thank you guys so much. And really and truly, you're going to have to come back. And, and share with us like the next phase sure. as it gets unveiled and mm-hmm. and keeps moving on. If I can end with one thought that yeah. we were looking at things last night. God gave me this from the, the New Living Translation that says that, in, in fact, some parts of the body, this is 1 Corinthians 12, that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Wow. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we, we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. And while the more honorable parts don't require this special care, so God has put the body together such that the extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity or less notoriety. And Oh, my word. So we were thinking about it, like, and we were sitting on the couch last night, and I said, you know what, Shannon, I haven't done this yet that we did for everything else. And we grabbed hands, and I just said to the Lord, I said, sir, I'm all in. Yeah. I'm all in all the time, and we'll do whatever you want us to do. Because yeah. we were so excited about it, I had never actually said yes yet. You know, like right, right. I, I think he kind of knew it all. Like, like <laughs> yeah. he knew, like you know, I got you. You're good. But, Make it official. But I Make said, hey, official. sir, I just wanted to let you know I'm in. Because yeah. um, that was the thing that got us into pastoring. Was I said I was convinced that I was disqualified from ministry. So yeah. I was like, you know, why bother with that? Yeah. But I said, sir, if there's ever a job that no one else wants to do. I'll do that one so that they can go do something else you know, that wow. you need them to do. Yeah. And so this one's just like, wait a minute, you want us to continue to just be friends with people and lead them to, you know, into yeah. the good things of God and let them know about blood. We were going to do that anyway. You know, like, yeah. this is wonderful. And so I said, sir, I'm all in. We're all in whatever you want us to do. So I love it. Yeah. Perfect way to end it. That statement when you made it about halfway through life with God works best when you do it. All in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so good. Thank you, Duke and Shannon, Thank for you. being on the Thank podcast. You. It's been and I'm already looking forward to the gonna next time fun. we're going to let Shannon have this baby. And uh, <laughs> not today. No, but no, please. Not no, today. not today, but soon. Thank you for listening, everyone. Wow, what an incredible conversation this has been. I just so encourage you to share this. You might have veterans in your family, no doubt. Maybe you have friends and family that are serving right now. You know those that are struggling or the spouses of. So I encourage you, grab your phone and text the Misfit Toy Society to them and just say, hey, I heard this podcast and I think this might be a help to you. Thanks for listening, everybody. We're here for you. You can visit our website at jentringale.com. Have a great week. We'll see you back here next time.